0: your inside pass to everything Saints football. Jimmy Graham brings it down and that is a touchdown New Orleans! We'll take you to places most fans never go to practice to the sideline to the locker room following every twist turn and touchdown of the Saints season. That is going to be a touchdown Taysom Hill! Welcome to Inside Black and Gold. And that is going to be a touchdown again. And guess who? Mike Thomas. Now, here are your hosts, Steve Geller and Jeff Nowak. Oh, baby. Welcome in, Steve Geller, along with Jeff Nowak. We are Inside Black and Gold and Game Week, fellas. We get to get going. Saints versus Titans, week one, Sunday in the Caesar Superdome.
1: Ain't nothing better than the real thing. Yeah, thank goodness. I I was just thinking this morning, it's like the preseason is so weird because you you spend so much time talking about the actual games to the point that they kind of don't seem real. And then then all of a sudden it's like, oh, they're here. I guess we should just this. The rubber meets the road now. Is it actually going to work out? And so, yeah, first things first, I do want to mention we I'm going out of town for the weekend. So we are recording this a little early. So if anything we say in this episode sounds like, well, that's weird. That, that didn't reflect what happened on Sunday, just so you know. It, it won't. Um, but they didn't practice Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. So uh, the whole, whole majority of this should stay the same. We're going to take this first segment. We're going to talk about some injury news, some surgery, some all that that we got into over the last couple days. Then the second segment, I want to talk mostly about wide receivers. I got a chance to sit down with Keith Kirkwood and have a great conversation. It's a really – he's a cool story, like whether you – know much about him or not, Uh, and he's really just a great guy. So I want to spend some time talking about Keith and what his role might be. And then the final segment, I want to get way into special teams. We got into the kicker-punter situation in the last episode, but I want to dive a bit more into it, and I want to talk more about Gunner's role, situational stuff on special teams. But first things first, let's get into it. Jeff Duncan from NOAA.com reported on Friday, Traquan Smith, he has undergone surgery to repair that Groin issue. I don't know if it was a hernia or anything to that extent, but either way, he went, he had surgery done. So to answer the question, where has Traquan Smith been? It seems like he fell off the face of the earth. He was under the knife. That's what happened. Um, You know, I don't know if he's going to end up on IR. I don't know what the plans are for him, but he seems to be inevitable and eternal. So I'm not sure. The question you have to answer now is, do you put him on IR? Do you kind of wait for him to come back? It sounds like he's going to miss week one either way. And if that's the case, it'll be the third consecutive season <laughs> that he has missed week one with an injury, which is sub uh, suboptimal, as the kids say.
0: Dennis Allen mentioned the other day, though, he didn't expect
1: anybody to go to injured reserve, right? He didn't say that per kinda se danced around it. He basically said he was asked if there are any plans to put people on injured reserve as of this moment. And he said, no, he didn't say there won't be. Now they have the option to put people on injured reserve as of, you know, Thursday, right? So, It might've been Wednesday even. So they like not doing it immediately is an indicator that, you know, maybe they won't at all. Uh, Again, that's one of those things that if someone gets put on injured reserve over the weekend and we don't know about it as of this podcast, we apologize, but Hey, we get a couple days. So we're going to take them. And so, you know, I still think that there's a a decent likelihood that a guy like Landon Young goes on IR, even a Traquan. the, the, the recovery timeline for the type of surgery he had is going to be three to six weeks. So if he had it, Midway through camp, which it sounds like he did, then you know, maybe you're only talking about two weeks. I don't know. Either way, I, I as frustrating as it is to keep see him stay around, like my issue with him has never been production. Now, a lot of people complain he doesn't do enough. I think he does plenty in an underappreciated role that he has. And that just annoys people because they don't see the production on a daily basis. But my issue has been health. And if he's not able to stay healthy, and you can't Trust him to be on the field. I don't know, and to, so I'm hoping that the plan is to put him on IR because otherwise, it would just annoy me to see someone just stick around constantly, even though he's just never healthy. Um, but that's just that's something that you're going to have to watch over the next few weeks.
0: I think during some of our live chats last year, we had TraeQuan joining in, right? I think it was a it was fake one, fake Smith. Um, yeah, fake Quan yeah, Smith. I mean, Smith was
1: definitely healthier than regular TraeQuan. Yeah. Yeah, he was. Uh, And and that's, again, that's my thing. It's like, I don't, I I actually think what Traquan does on the field is more than acceptable. Like I don't have any issue with them saving his roster spot, but man, he can't stay healthy. It's, it's tough. Like
0: what's frustrating too, is I think, you know, a lot of people saw those, what was it? Two, three days he had put together at training camp that were suddenly eye popping, really impressive. And then boom, he gone. We never saw him again. Yeah, Right. Well, it's like, yeah, I did enough. Uh, and so, to, right. It's like, oh,
1: they're just trying to save them kind of thing. Yeah. The, the good news is that the, the other guy who went out with a groin injury, basically at the same time on the same day and also missed a good chunk of time was Rashid Shaheed, And he's back now. Mike Thomas is back or Mike Thomas is healthy. He has not had any issues health wise, knock on wood. Like that's a great sign for him. Um, you know, Chris Olave is still doing Chris Olave things. And as we mentioned, they have Keith Kirkwood on the roster. So, you know, and A.T. Perry obviously made the roster. Um, so it's really hard to complain about what we've seen out of that wide receiver room, right? Like if you, you might be missing one piece, but I think the pieces they have that look healthy right now, uh, I, I feel like you're in really good shape. Yeah, the thing... I, th- uh, I think a th- uh, it's going to be big
0: to see what happens now going forward uh, with Rashid Shahid just because we haven't seen so much of him during camp. You got to worry about that timing now with Derek Carr. Are they going to be able to get on the same page in time? Uh, will he get off to a slow start the season because he doesn't have that kind of chemistry
1: already built up kind of deal? Yeah, I was able to talk to him in the locker room this week. He, you know, I asked him that question. Like, do you think – you know, the, the missed time with a new quarterback is going to be a factor. You know, he's upbeat. He's never going to point to anything and say, like, this is an, this is an excuse for me, right? Like, and he says he doesn't see it as an issue. Um, he's been working in the slot. He feels like he's gotten enough reps, you know, and, and it's easy to forget. He was there for all throughout all of OTAs working with Derek Carr. He was there the first few weeks of camp. He's got, you know, reps under his belt. Oh, um, and he says, you know, he's up in the slot last year. I don't, I don't even know if people realize this. He didn't play the slot. He played, he was X, he played the X exclusively. And that was part of the reason that it was difficult to get him on the field as often as people might like, because his, his, his role in the offense was limited based on the install that he had done this year. He has installed at multiple positions. You know, remember last year, he didn't have camp to, to, to do that. And this year he's been working more in the slot. So he, can do multiple things, right? Like he can move around a lot more and that'll be make it a le- lot easier to get him on the field. Um, but he's still going to be a return man, right? Like he's still going to be able to do that. Um, and so that's going to be, that's going to be something. One thing that we we didn't talk about yet on the pod uh, is the practice squad, right? Guys like Shaq Davis got kept around. You know, we've seen the last couple days of, of last week, you had some running back shuffling, which was kind of weird. The Saints initially had signed Ty Summers and Ellis Merriweather. And then there was some kind of weird reporting, right? Like uh, Mike Cliss out in Denver reported that the Saints had signed Tony Jones. Well, when the Saints announced their practice squad, Tony Jones wasn't on it. John Hendricks reported that the Saints had signed Jordan Mims, who was a running back from Buffalo, who played with Jake Hayner at Fresno State the last three years. Well, when the Saints announced their practice squad, he wasn't on it, which it's kind of strange. And then the next day, you know what? You have... Tony Jones Jr. and Jordan Mims at practice and Ellis Merriweather, the UDFA that everyone's a big fan of, <laughs> and Ty Summers got cut. And so I, I don't know. It's kind of strange. I, I don't know why, why you would do that. Sometimes it feels like these practice squad positions are written on – or contracts are written on tissue paper because it's like – I mean, what, what one day – my working theory is you have these positions – that you intend to open up, right? And you wanted to get the Bills guy to come down here from Buffalo, the Broncos guy to come over here from Denver because you know that Ellis and Ty aren't going anywhere. (laughs) They're here already. And so you just needed to to sign them to get them here so that you could adjust. Because I I think it, it wouldn't work if you went the other way where you signed those two guys and then cut them to bring back your other guys as they wait. You know, so I don't. I don't know. It's it's kind of strange, but either way, we also got uh, word though too about Kendry Miller and a hamstring issue. Yes, yes, and so that's why I think you ended up bringing in Tony Jones. Absolutely right. Because, and I've said this, it's it's tough to trust a rookie in his first career game, especially a UDFA. So, if you're to looking at Ellis Merriweather and you're thinking, "Man, okay, maybe he's going to get this huge role behind Jamal Williams," I think. What you're seeing is, you know, maybe that's not what the team wants to do, right? And so you have Tony, a guy who not only has worked here before, he's been in this system before, the coaches know him. He's also been installing out in Denver all offseason, which is the same offense. It's Sean Payton's offense. That's what the Saints are running. So it just makes sense that if you need a guy to kind of step into a role, you, you, you want him to be someone you're a little bit more comfortable with protecting your, you know, franchise quarterback in week one uh, alongside Jamal Williams. So, you know, if if Kendra is unable to go, I expect to see a huge workload for Jamal Williams. It might like if Kendra can't go week one, that alone might justify your draft pick of my Jamal Williams in fantasy because he's going to have a huge workload. (laughs) I'm hoping that's the case for just fantasy wise. But
0: man, it's really concerning. Obviously, Kendra Miller. Has dealt with some things uh, this offseason. And uh, for this to pop up too now with the hamstring. Also, Kirk Merritt, another back in, in the uh, the rotation that's dealing with hamstring issues. Uh, He's healthy now, though. That, the depth at running back is a little concerning, I think. Yeah. And, and what we saw in the preseason from the running game wasn't really impressive. And I know that a lot of it was backup offensive linemen too in there. Passion, drive, and patience.
1: Yeah, and not Camara, right? Right, not like right exactly. Alvin or or not even Jamal, Hall. right? I mean, it was the the unimpressive part of the run game was with your third string running back or fourth string running back going behind backups. So that's why I'm not right. So that's no, why I'm like, not overreacting. Crazy. Right, right. I'm not overreacting to the run game um, at this point. But you won't have Alvin week one, two, and three. So you 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 kind of hope that can be better. Um, but yeah, Kirk. I, I always forget about Kirk. But yeah, he made the roster. We talked about him in the last episode. It's really cool to see him make the roster. He's still, you know, unless they changed in the last couple of days, he's still listed as a wide receiver on their official depth chart online or not their official depth chart, but their official roster online. And uh, yeah, no, it's, it's cool. And, you know, we see this every year. DA is just a sucker for guys who can play multiple positions. I don't know what it is. If you can play multiple positions, your chances of making this roster skyrocket. Like oh oh Juwan you you're a wide receiver yeah oh you're you're a wide receiver but you're a tight end now oh money right oh PJ you're a corner oh but, oh PJ you're a corner and a safety now got it right oh we were gonna draft a center but oh that center can also play guard oh let's do it you know it's just very funny to me Lonnie Johnson's another good example Tyron Matthew feels like he can play any defensive back position if you needed him to it's just like when you're looking. You know, as we go forward, as long as DA is the coach of this football team, <laughs> if you're trying to figure out who's going to make the roster over somebody else, always start with the test of how many positions can this guy play? Because <laughs> odds are he's going to be that. If he's a star on special teams, big, big leg up. If he's a running back slash wide receiver, big leg up. If he's a center slash guard, big leg up. If he's a left tackle who can also play guard, James Hurst, Big leg up. It is not a coincidence that you are seeing this happen year in, year out. And, you know, Kirk, you know, I don't know what the discussions were in terms of, hey, Kirk, we're going to make you into a running back now. But I don't think every player would have been amenable to that, right? Like, I, I think that is a tough thing when you've been playing this position. Granted, he was a running back at Destrehan. He was a really good one. So it's not as crazy of a transition as maybe a Jawan Johnson who's been playing wide receiver his whole life, and suddenly they're like, now nah, you're a tight end now. Or a Taysom Hill who's been playing quarterback his whole life, and now it's like, oh, you're something now. We can't tell you what it is, but you're something. So for him to do that and to do it well is cool. And I think he's a guy who could be a weapon at points. It, it, you know, I don't think he's necessarily ready right now, but he will be a special teams guy, and uh, and he's he's as athletic as they come. That guy's built like a truck. So, yeah. Do we Was he b- that back this week at practice Yeah. or no? Okay. Yeah, he's been back. And I mean, I think him making the roster is a pretty good indicator that they were a lot more confident in him than I realized, right? Like, I think if you go around the roster projections, you won't find him on them because I think he got hurt and kind of fell off people's radar. But the fact that they kept him around despite being hurt means that they had a very high opinion of him. Cause like he, he didn't do anything to make the roster, you know, in terms of those last few preseason games, he really, I mean, he was there against the chargers. He got hurt. He didn't play against the Texans. And so he, he wasn't playing to make the roster. They already had him on there. Uh, So that's a, that's a good sign for him uh, going forward. Yeah. That whole
0: running back room is a little bit of a mess just with the news about Miller, obviously. And like you said, we, we already know we don't have Camara week one, two or three. And
1: yeah, I, I just it's going to be the the question that we've been asking all offseason. And we're finally going to get an answer in a week's time is, OK, how exactly how much damage do you have to your offense and your efficiency without Alvin in there? Because I know that there's going to be some like, that you're not going to be operating at your top level without your best player in my opinion on this current roster whether whatever Madden says I don't care he's your best he's the best player the best offensive player on this roster and you're not gonna have him so you're gonna have to make do with what you have um and if that's the reason you start 0 and three then that is a huge blow to your season if you're able to go two and one even without him then that's you know then you survived it one and two that's tough. But as long as you beat the Panthers in week two, I can live with it. If you go 0-3, then that's a recipe for a torpedoed season. Um, and and you're just climbing uphill the whole way. And it's the exact same story that we've watched the last two years. Um, at least, you know, it, it not the exact same story, but it was, the, it was the story you saw last year. And they were climbing uphill the whole way. And they eventually, you know, the boulder rolled back down on them. It, 2021, they started well, but then they lost five straight. So those last four weeks, you were climbing uphill, climbing uphill, and then a boulder shaped like a giant ram rolled back down on them, and they missed the playoffs. And so I just want to see them get off to a hot start, uh, and that's what makes it frustrating. But I don't think
0: I, missing Alvin's going to be that key determiner, though, about how things go in weeks one, two, three. Missing him, obviously, you 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 got a big punch
1: from that offense gone, but there's still a ton of weapons around. We know that. I'd like to think that. And I'd like to think that this is a good time to be without him in the sense that people should be healthy. We asked Dennis Allen about Kendra if he was in danger of missing week one. And he said, we'll find out next week. Um, Injury
0: report on Wednesday.
1: Yeah. And he is, uh, he is very happy to, to be able to start giving us an injury report instead of getting asked about every individual absence from practice. One guy who has missed a couple practices, then that's going to be interesting if it does affect his status. Week one is, is James Winston. He has a wrist injury that he got in the, in the, in the finale against the Texans, which he didn't play that much. Um, and that might explain why he came out after one quarter. Whereas I, in previously yeah. we had seen him play the whole first half. Um, this time we saw Jake Hayner play three quarters, which is kind of a weird amount of time to play. And so, if he can't go, you know, is is J- Jake going to be the guy? I imagine. I imagine he is. Uh, but yeah, that'll be you know. And I just you, you do wonder. It's like if he does miss a couple weeks, suddenly Jane Jake is preparing as the backup anyway. Does he end up losing that job? I, I don't know. But that's something to watch. That um, James has had such terrible luck all overall. Yes. The and he's he's been bypassed while he's been hurt before stuck around. He's been a good sport about it, but yeah, that would be kind of a, that would be kind of a, another uh, needle. Yeah. That'd be kind of a nut punch. I think would be a fair way to describe it. (laughs) Like, all right, guys, just, I'm just going to (laughs) go just going to give like an Irish goodbye. (laughs) You guys clearly don't want me. Um, But but yeah,
0: anyway. The, uh, the the thing with Hayner too, obviously, you know, he had kind of a, a down outing that last time out. So it wasn't like he was expected to take over this number two role if that were the case, you know, week one, obviously.
1: No, if there was any – any if you were harboring any delusion that he was going to win that job out of out of the preseason, it was dispelled in, in the fourth quarter of that game. Um, Plus, Lucas
0: I, Kroll's gone, so we can't throw to him.
1: Yeah, I guess that's something we we could mention is Lucas Kroll went out to Denver. I had a couple people ask me, like, well, why – why didn't the saints sign into their practice squad? And I'm like, I bet you they tried, right. but you know, in certain instances, it just doesn't make sense. Like the player also has to sign you. It's not like a waiver claim where if you claim someone on waivers, they have to come. They don't have a choice. He cleared waivers and then went to sign with Denver. And it's like the saints could have said, Hey, we want you on our practice squad. And he could have said, you just kept a 36 year old on the roster over me. Why would I stay here? There's clearly no opportunity for me here. even, Next year, you're still gonna have Jawan and Foster and who knows about Jimmy, right? I imagine he's a one he's a one season guy. When am I gonna get a chance if I'm if I'm Lucas Kroll, right? So he goes out to Denver where he's competing with Greg Dolchich and Adam Troutman. Like, I think he's got a chance. Like Chris Manhurt's. Like no one, I think Nate Atkins is another one. No one on that roster is screaming, like, oh, we can't give any opportunities to Lucas Kroll because how are we gonna take that guy off the field? Right. So that's why you end up with that, with him in Denver, where he's working with Adam Troutman, who he was a teammate with last year. His tight ends coach is Declan Doyle, who is a position or was an assistant for the Saints last year and is now the tight ends coach with the Broncos. So he knows him very well. And then obviously Sean's Sean Payton is there, which is funny because you can't even say they he rejoined Sean Payton. Because they were Sean was never his coach. <laughs> but It is the same offense. So he's going to a very familiar situation. The terminology is going to be very similar. He's going to be able to get up to speed a lot faster. So I understand why he went out there. And it's not a case of like, oh, the Saints just said, yeah, screw it. This guy's no good. Anyway, he's, he's not on the practice squad.
0: It's just the Denver Broncos and the Carolina Panthers trying to become the Saints. Yes. Calvin Throckmorton did get claimed. Right. Uh, I was like,
1: man, we even lost uh, some O-line depth there to the enemy. Yeah. And that one makes sense. That one makes a lot of sense to me too. Like both of these make sense. That one makes sense because if you're the Panthers and you're like, we just need depth, you know, people can talk all they want about Calvin Throckmorton. And like, I don't, I don't want to see him starting either, but it's not very often you find someone on waivers because remember, it's only young players. It's only guys in the first four years of their career. It's not often you find guys on waivers with 20 starts to their credit. Who's twenty seven years old? He's he's not like he's like over the hill, right? He's twenty seven years old, and a good chunk of that work came with Andy Dalton, who is the Panthers' backup quarterback. So, I mean, it, in in that sense, it makes a whole lot of sense. And then, so and the guys who did end up on the practice squad, you know, we got they got Jack Davis back, right? They got Ellis Merriweather back, but then he got waived. You know, so uh, the, uh... I don't think.
0: The uh, human wrecker
1: of Nico Lalos is back. And Jalen Smith. Um, So, I mean, I think, you know, you you aren't, you aren't. Yeah. The second you brought in Jimmy Graham and decided to give him a roster spot, you, you sent Lucas Krull away. I guess is like, that's kind of the the, the payoff that you get. Hopefully Jimmy Graham justifies that. Um, But yeah, I think, I think that's it in terms of kind of the news that we need to hit here, unless there's something else you're thinking of
0: no we had kind of speculated to a crow oh maybe pittsburgh
1: but apparently uh kenny pickett does not care everyone keeps saying actually i'm sorry bobby keeps saying that and it was funny because we talked about this on the last episode and then when i was on with you guys the other day he brought that up and i was just god (laughs) damn oh my gosh yeah he was high on that reunion yeah i i uh, i never i never really understood it uh like i get the idea but like like I don't know. It's it, it's a little too on the nose, I think.
0: I guess everybody thinks about, hey, like it worked for you know Burrow and Jamar
1: Chase. Yes, yes. <laughs> Lucas Kroll is is the Jamar Chase in this scenario. Yeah, that, that's a. I mean, I guess if you're if you're doing it relative, where Kenny Pickett relative to Joe Burrow is about the same difference <laughs> as Jamar Chase to Lucas Kroll. I mean, in terms of talent level, because Kenny Pickett sucks. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with that take until like until I can't anymore. I do not think Kenny Pickett is good. I keep hearing about how Kenny Pickett is good. Where? What? Show me the evidence with his like eight touchdown passes last year. Give me a break. I'm more not convinced in his offensive coordinator than him. him so Joe Brady.
0: Oh yeah. no no. Uh, uh, what's his name? Matt Canada.
1: Oh, it's Canada. That's right. Joe Brady. I, I, I always get those two mixed up. They're just a couple of bald dudes. You know, I don't even know where Joe Brady
0: is now. He was like going so far up the coaching ladder, and
1: I can't even tell you where he is now. Is it Buffalo? He's a QB. He is the QB's coach for Buffalo. Okay. I always get him and him and uh, Matt Canada mixed up because they're just two guys who used to coach fellow LSU. And, <laughs> uh, and Jake Peets and you know know—they're all they're all the same. But all right, let's wrap up that segment. We're gonna come back, and I wanna I wanna have a Kirk, Keith Kirkwood love fest, a Kirk Keithwood love fest, because I got a chance to talk to him this week, and we have an interview that I want to play. So stick around for that on Inside Black and Gold.